You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good afternoon and welcome to Recruiting for Mamas. My name is Jennifer Powers Johnson. I have a Division I athlete. His name is Jackson Light, and he plays football for Corner Canyon High School in Draper, Utah. This is my ninth episode of, of this podcast, and the reason why I'm recording this podcast is because we've been in this process as a family for around two years, and when we originally started this process, I looked around for all sorts of information about recruiting and although there are tons of people out there talking about their different portions of recruiting I didn't feel like there was a resource out there that kind of went over the whole thing from start to finish and so that's why I'm recording this and so you will see different uh, titles for each of the podcast episodes and if you're in that particular part of your recruiting process, that particular episode may help you. But today we're gonna go over um, about, looks like six different items. And the first thing we're gonna talk about is the first offer, and I'll go into that a little bit more. I had a question this weekend, we were at a showcase and I had a mom ask me a question about um, the first offer. So we'll talk about that for a minute. We're gonna talk about hype, (laughs) <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, ath- athletes' bodies. Um, we're going to talk about references. We're going to talk about some don'ts. Don't be the parent that, fill in the blank, and I've got some items on that for parents. And I'm going to have some do's for student-athletes. So that's what we're going to cover today, and we'll see how long it takes us to cover all those things. Okay, Uh, This past weekend, I was at a showcase and I had a mom say to me, why is it that when I look on Twitter, sometimes I see a kid who gets like six offers or three offers in a matter of two days or one day or um, we recently... Uh, Jackson's quarterback this year is a kid by the name of Jackson Dart. And I think Jackson Dart is probably got uh, 10 to 15 offers at this point. And I would say all of them came within a one week period of time, which is just craziness. And so this mom was looking for some clarification about why that happened. So let's talk about that real quick. Uh, The first offer is always by far the hardest offer to get because what it's saying is someone within a football program is willing to stick out their neck and they're willing to say, I believe in this kid. I'm willing to invest my career as a coach, as, as a kid, in that kid, as a player. I'm willing to invest my school's reputation into that student athlete. I'm also saying that I'm going to spend a certain amount of uh, actual resources on that kid. So scholarship money, 
seems like it's one thing. A full ride scholarship is like, oh, okay, tuition and books and I get to go to college for free. But a a division one scholarship is so much more than that. It's housing, it's food, it is uh, training and equipment and travel and expenses and all the things that go into that. And so depending on the program, that could be anywhere from $100,000 to like $350,000. And when you think of it in terms of dollars and cents, having anyone offer you is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty awesome thing. So what will happen a lot, especially within conferences, is that the first person will decide to offer a student athlete, and then the other programs within that conference will essentially either A, say to themselves, okay, that program's clearly done their due diligence. They've looked at the kid's film. They understand where he's going to fit on their team. Uh, they potentially uh, see him contributing and being a really good part of their program. So if somebody else says he's bona fide and certified, well, then we say it too. So um, you will see other schools within a conference not want to lose out on a specific student athlete. And so once the first one pulls the trigger, the others will pull the trigger. And we had something similar to that in our experience as well. When Jackson was offered by his first Power 5 offer was from Oregon. He's currently a verbal commit to Oregon. Um, I don't anticipate anything will change with that. Um, but within 15 or 20 minutes after he had tweeted that he had been offered by Oregon, he actually got a call from another university offering him as well. And it was somebody that he had been talking to for a while, but they just didn't pull the trigger first. They waited until someone within the conference had already pulled the trigger, and then they felt confident that they could pull the trigger as as well. So, that's why those things happen because sometimes um, either A, coaches don't necessarily have the authority to pull the trigger on a kid they want to pull the trigger on until um, a certain time period and, and definitely until this head coach has signed off on that kid. And then second, uh, sometimes uh, pro- it's a copycat game. And we had several coaches within uh, different schools tell us that, that um, that there's something to be said within a conference, especially when someone pulls the trigger first because they're putting their neck out on the line to give you that offer before anybody else in that conference has done that. And so anything that happens after that can be seen, and I'm certainly not saying it is for sure that way, but it can be seen definitely as a copycat move. So that's why the first offer is always the hardest offer to get. And that's why sometimes you'll see on Twitter or social media, um, or let's say you follow uh, 24-7 Sports or Rivals or ESPN, once the first offer comes in, you'll start to see other offers uh, come in as well. And sometimes they can be like when it rains, it pours. And for other kids, it can be um, more of a a trickle in depending on where programs are in their process with you. 
So that's, that's my little bit of information on the first offer. The next thing I want to talk about really quickly is hype. So let's define that. Hype is when you start to see a certain kid or a group of kids in your Twitter feed. And if you don't have a Twitter, please go back to the original episode called The Basics. And The Basics will walk you through Twitter and how that should look. But hype is when you will suddenly see um, the same kids over and over and they seem to be coming up in your feed all the time. And sometimes they're kids you follow and sometimes they're just kids that are relative to your interests. And your interests, especially within Twitter, should generally be college sports related, right? So you will see videos of those kids come up and edits of those kids come up and, and maybe reps at camps come up and workouts for those kids come up or weightlifting or uh, offers come up. And you'll start to see the same kids get um, a lot of uh, retweets and likes uh, over and over and over again in your feed. And... Uh, this is something that I, I 100% recommend for you. And I also recommend it for the kids that your kids play with or they train with. So it takes so little, um, for everyone to create hype around specific kids. So, um, let's talk about Corner Canyon specifically because, uh, that's Jackson's team. He has several kids on that team that all have their eyes set on playing division one ball. And so what they do for each other and what the team does for all the players that are planning on going on to the next level is anytime they're accomplishing anything, anytime they're getting buzz, anytime they're performing at a high level, Anything that comes across Twitter that is positive or good about that particular athlete, the whole team gets on board and they retweet that and they like that and they post comments with that and parents should get in on the act too. I mean, I definitely do this for all the kids at Corner Canyon. I also tend to do this for uh, people that Jackson is working out with. I do this for Oregon players because um, he's on his way up to Oregon. Within a year, he'll be on campus. And so uh, we definitely want to support them. And every time you retweet um, anything positive or good, about a member of your team or a member of your who you're training with, what it does is it's saying to them, I support your dream. I support what you're trying to achieve. And so what will happen from time to time is you will actually be able to get enough hype around a specific recruit where a college that may not have known necessarily anything about them, maybe they don't generally recruit in a certain geography, will start to see athletes that they normally wouldn't see because of the hype surrounding that athlete. And I know hype's kind of not a necessarily a positive word, but um, in this case, it is a positive word because what it's doing is it's showcasing the athletes that you have around you and in your community in such a way that you're helping them get the exposure that they need so the right coach in the right program can see them and then can make an offer uh, uh, to them. So uh, we have several kids at Corner Canyon that we 
most of which all already have offers. And so we're constantly showing support for them by retweeting highlight videos or retweeting edits or retweeting accomplishments or offers. And I really encourage everyone who's listening to this to do that because what you do when you're retweeting that stuff and you're supporting those local athletes is you're also providing an avenue in which you're a good guy. You're a member of their team. And so they're going to want to support your athlete as well. So I definitely think that hype may normally have kind of a a negative connotation to it. But the truth of the matter is, is all it is is supporting kids in achieving their goals and giving them the kind of exposure that they need to get. When Jackson was being recruited by the University of Missouri, we sat down in the position uh, coach's office and he was very frank with us. He told us uh, Missouri very rarely recruits past the Mississippi. They are recruiting normally just in SEC territory and down in Texas. And the position coach had only been to Utah, I think, one other time. And, you know, the SEC is a really good conference, but if we had not had the ability to retweet and reach out and and do all the things that needed to happen, like, it's possible that their, their GAs and their coaches never would have necessarily seen Jackson, that he may not have gotten an invite to a specific camp at their school, and then he wouldn't have been able to go there and earn an offer from them. So I'm a big fan of retweeting. I'm a big fan of hype, and I encourage any parent of a student athlete to hype the kids in their program, and they will hype your kid, and it's just good for everyone. Okay, I think that's enough about hype. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, called Your Body Bubble Wrap. <laughs> so, um, and I have no, so every day I have my husband drive me down. We live on a mountain and I have my husband drive me down to the bottom of the mountain and I walk up the mountain. And while I'm walking up the mountain from time to time, I will fixate on certain things that I want to talk about in this podcast. And for some reason today, this particular item came up and it was, um, I see kids all the time out doing regular kid things like you will drive past the skate park and there'll be a ton of kids at the skate park skateboarding or during winter when everyone has a weekend off, they're all grabbing their snowboards or their skis and they're heading up to the slopes and they're going skiing, right? Or uh, Utah has a lot of really beautiful uh, outdoor recreation places and, and lakes. And so we have a ton of friends who have boats and they're out boating and they're out um, having a good time at the lake. And this is, <laughs> this is my quick little thing about that. Um, when you're a student athlete, you have to treat your body like it's your most important asset that you possibly have. So you'd never want to be sidelined with an injury from doing something that isn't contributing to the sport you're trying to be recruiting in. So this has been kind of Jackson's lament his entire life, which is we he would say, I'm going to go, I want to go skiing with my friends. And we would say, you can't go skiing because if anything were to happen to you during ski season, you would screw up your other seasons. And he's always, for the most part, been a year round athlete. So uh, in 
when he was a kid, there was football in the fall, and there was wrestling, and then there was baseball. And then he took a week off, and then it was football and <laughs> wrestling and baseball. And so when other kids get to go boating at the lake or other kids get to go uh, um, do regular kid things, and I guess that's the only way I can really talk about it, Jackson was never able to do that. And even when he was little and in uh, in baseball or in football, we'd have a big game coming up and there'd be a kid who would say, break his arm or uh, would you know, break his foot doing regular kid stuff like riding his bike or whatever. And we, there'd be a time occasionally where we would say like, oh no, like X so-and-so's out because they broke their foot and that would let the whole team down. So we as parents and we as a family had decided like when Jackson's not doing sports, he's also not going to do things that would get his body in harm. So you know, when you're looking, especially during high school, and you're looking at being recruited, don't put your body through things that is going to possibly cause it injury doing silly stuff. It's not worth it, especially if, um, if you're in those high school years. Because if you end up missing the football season because you crashed on your bike, or if you end up missing the baseball season because you uh, crashed on your skateboard, like that doesn't get you towards your goal. That doesn't get you towards your dream. So I'm not a fan of taking unnecessary risks with your body when you don't need to do that. And this may be one of those things where we're, as a family, those parents, because um I realize as I'm saying it how completely unreasonable that sounds because kids should be able to be kids and and do that. And, you know, it's totally up to you and your family. But I always say to Jackson, if I had my way, I'd rub you, wrap you up in bubble wrap when you weren't on the field because uh, we want to make sure that you don't injure your body doing other things. So just, I mean, maybe we just call this a... a Something to think about, something to consider. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is references. And most people think they understand what I'm saying when I say references. But um, so there's essentially two kinds of references. Of course, any time a program is going to come in and make an offer to a kid, they're going to talk to the coach. Do you know what your coach is going to say about you as an athlete? when those people come in to talk to you. Uh, Do you know what your coach is going to say about you as a practice player, right? Um, I've heard coaches say before, yeah, that kid's got all the talent in the world, but he's lazy in practice. Is that something that a coach would say about you? Um, Thankfully, it's not something they would say about Jackson. Um... So when we're talking about references, we're talking about what is a coach going to tell a prospective offering coach about you when they come in. And here's the truth, guys. As much as you'd like to think that your head coaches or your position coaches are going to do nothing but say nice things, the truth is their reputation is on the line when they vouch for you. So if they do have a player that comes in and is 
all about the weight room and all about discipline and all about getting the grades and all about practicing at 100% and all about learning plays and giving football everything they have, they've got to use their reputation with college coaches on kids like that. So if your kid's a kid that has all the talent in the world but doesn't necessarily show up to weights on time and it's constantly needing to be reminded about homework, they're not going to use their reputation on that kind of kid. They can't because they need to be able to use their reputation on kids that are going to make them look good, okay? So that's number one thing to think about when talking about references. The second thing is you should kind of know what the principals and the counselors are going to say about your kids as well because the truth is the bigger the program, the more people they're going to talk to before they make you an offer because they need to make sure that there isn't going to be anything embarrassing that comes out later, that they're, again, making this huge financial investment in you. So you need to be somebody who is worth the fact that they're going to make this financial investment. this financial investment in you. And then last but not least, and this one will probably come as a shock, but once a player, an upperclassman or any player within an organization or in within like a training group gets to a certain level, coaches will come to that player and they will say to that player, who is the best person you go against? Now, I'm going to give a shout out to Van Fillinger once again, because that kid is an awesome player and a great kid. And oh my gosh, I love his family. Um, But one of the best things that Van ever did was not only push Jackson every single day in practice, both on and off the field, in the weight room, everywhere. Uh, but he also, when other coaches came to talk to Van, they would say to Van, who is the best person you go against? And Van was incredibly generous. And he said, Jackson, Jackson is by far the best person I go against. And what an amazing compliment. Jackson's now the upperclassman and coaches come to Jackson a lot and they ask him that very same question. Sometimes coaches that he's not even going to be going to their college come to him and ask, tell me about this player on your team. Tell me about that player on your team. So do you know, the takeaway from this particular portion of the podcast is, do you know what the other players on your team or in your training group would say about you? And is that something that you would want them to say to a college that may be looking to offer you, right? And so sometimes it's like, tell me about this person or tell me about that person. And so what I, you know, just make sure that what you are doing is, you know, creating references by your style of play within your own team, with your style of play, within the people that you go against on a daily basis at training, that you're always seeking out the best people to start being your skills again so that when they are asked about you, they can give an honest, authentic representation of who you are as a player, who your kid is as a player, and 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 how you guys are to work with. So 
that's what I wanted to touch on today relative to references. Just to recap so far, we've talked about the first offer being the hardest offer and why there tends to be a cascade of offers afterwards. We've talked about hype and supporting the people within your environment. We've talked about your body, treating your body like it's your most important asset and doing what you need to do every day to make sure you're keeping it safe and strong for the sport that you're going in. And then we just talked about references. What are the coaches going to say about you when somebody comes and asks? What's your principal gonna say? What are the teachers gonna say? And then what are the other players on your team going to say about you when someone comes and asks? Okay, the last two things we're gonna cover in this specific podcast are the don'ts for parents and the do's for kids. So we'll start with the don'ts for parents. And these are just my own little personal pet peeves. So take them for what it's worth. But the first one is don't take advantage. Um, Within our travels and being on different campuses and seeing other parents and meeting other parents, 99% of those parents are incredibly gracious. They are incredibly kind and positive and, and we love meeting them and we love forming relationships with them. But there is always those parents who are looking to kind of take advantage of the situation. What can they get? What's the angle they're going to work? And and just so you know, not only do other parents see that coming um, a mile away, but the coaches see it coming a mile away. And so don't be the parent that's looking to take advantage of the situation. Be someone who's gracious and lovely and acts back towards the people that are hosting you in a gracious and lovely way. Number two, don't speak negatively about anyone. Don't talk bad about any other player. Don't talk about don't talk bad about anybody who's there on a visit. The truth of the matter is this, when people when you say something like my kid's much better than X Y and Z or so and so's okay, but he's not as good as this. Anytime you're saying stuff like that, it's not actually a reflection on the people you're talking about. It's a reflection on you. There's enough attention in the world there's enough spotlight in the world that your kid is going to get their due so don't be the parent who compares your kid to other kids and then talks negatively about that that other kid that is a total turnoff and literally parents can talk schools out of offering their kid because they're so negative as parents so don't be that parent Never, 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 never go to any coaches at any time and ask for playing time. A parent should never be going to a coach to complain about playing time. Now, if you believe your kid and your kid believes, and that's more important, okay? And your kid believes that uh, that they need more playing time, right? Uh, then your kid can go talk to the coach and say, what do I need to do in order to get more playing time? But you as a parent should never be going and having those conversations with a coach. 
that will absolutely make it so you're, once again, a parent that could be talking, number one, talking the coach out of playing your kid by being the one that asks. And number two, that coach isn't going to have great things to say about you as a parent if somebody comes and asks. So don't be that person. Uh, The next thing is never embarrass your kid in a public setting. And I'm guilty of this. Absolutely. Um, We were up at the University of Utah one time, although this isn't me who did this this time, so that's good. (laughs) But uh, we were, the University of Utah holds a camp called, and they're probably not doing it this year because of the pandemic, but it'll probably be back because it's a really great camp. Um, called the All About You Camp. And it's an invite only. And what they do is they invite a bunch of kids up and then they have you spend a day in the life of a Utah player. So you do various different things like as if you were a, a University of Utah player. And during that time, while the kid's going off and doing all those things, they have parent meetings where they pull all the parents together, and then they bring in various subject matter experts at the University of Utah to talk about, say, grades, or they come in to talk about uh, compliance, or they come in to talk about uh, nutrition. And there is always a parent who wants to call attention to their athlete. And they do it by asking a question in these group settings that generally comes off kind of as pretentious, comes off as a little bit entitled every time. And everybody in the whole room looks at that person and goes, ugh, right? Don't be that parent. If you have a question in those kinds of settings, wait till the situation's over and go up quietly and speak uh, to the coaches. Don't be that sacrificial parent that gets up and asks the big important question that they think is so important that isn't generally as important as everyone thinks it is. If you, in a quiet interaction with that coach, do end up asking them a very important, serious question, trust me, they will make sure all the other parents hear the answer because that'll be important to them as well. But don't be the person that embarrasses your kids in public settings like that. Um, we're also at another university one time in 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 the SEC, and there were several parents that were like, well, what are you going to do for my kid with this? And what are you going to do... For my kid with that, and it was just was so ungracious and embarrassing, and the kids were really, really, really embarrassed as well. And then uh, last but not least, as a parent, you should never be airing your dirty laundry on social media. Never be putting anything out there that's going to embarrass your kid. So I guess my latest example of that is there's a lot of political unrest in the world right now, human rights unrest in the world right now. And uh, depending on what side of that particular battle you're on, people can get really, really mean and nasty in in Twitter land. They really, really can. And they can say things that they believe sound good, well-intentioned or they believe they're busting somebody else by saying, no, it's this, or look at this, or memes, or or whatever. 
right? And at the end of the day, we're all just part of the human race. We're all just trying to do our best. Um, We all just want the same things for our children. We all just want to live happily ever after. We all just want to achieve our dreams. And so sometimes what will happen is parents will go after people in social media. And that is such a terrible thing to do to your children. Don't be the person that goes after people on social media because that could come back and bite your child in the butt. A few years ago, we actually had um, a pro, some sort of play happened in the pros, right? In NFL. And I watched two high school dads rip each other apart uh, on social media and both their boys played for the same high school team. And there's just no reason to have that. Don't, don't be that person. Don't, don't do those things. Okay, we're going to wrap up this specific episode with some do's for our student athletes. And the first one is, and we talk about these a lot, especially when we're going into any sort of competition situation, um, because especially right now, um, we're in the middle of a pandemic. June 1st, for the most part, in Utah anyway, statewide, they allowed kids to start going back and start doing workouts with not only their high school, but also like maybe their position uh, coaches as well. Some people never stopped, depending on how much of a uh, group you had that you were working with, maybe you didn't have to stop. But as of June 1st, things are starting to open up. And so consequently, what is happening is there's new camps that are starting to be formed and showcases that are starting to be formed. And so some of these things are just really good to have in the back of your mind if you end up attending any of those showcases or any of those camps. And the first one is be focused. And that seems really silly but what can happen sometimes is every it's like old home week right you're seeing players that you haven't seen before and you're happy to see them and and the coaches are happy to see you and everyone's really buddy buddy and what have you and it can be really easy for kids to lose their focus so make sure you understand going into that day what you're going there for you're going there to get better you're going there to showcase your abilities you're going there to compete you're going to either learn or or to win. Those are your two focuses. So be early. Be early. Don't be walking in at the last moment. Be early for what you're going to. Move with intention, okay? When we're going from drill to drill, or they say go get a water break, or we're starting, your body should be looking, acting, feeling, and directing itself in such a way where you're moving with intention, right? Not, oh, I'll get over there when I get over there. Oh, I'll get back when I get back. There should be intention in your body. Uh, again, body language, and I've talked about this a million times before. We're firm, high, uh, we're firm handshakes. We're eye contact. We're yes, sir. The other thing is, at most of these camps and at most of these showcases, there will be a wrap-up period of time. And kids are tired at the wrap-up period of time. They've been doing drills. They've been out in the heat. Their feet hurt. If they're on turf, their, their feet are burning. Uh, depending on how well hydrated they were before, they're just over it, right? And so 
but you're not over it till you get in the car until you're on your way home. And so at the end of those camps and the end of those showcases, they generally will do a couple of different things. And one of them is they will have several coaches that will come and speak to you. You're, I cannot tell you how many times I look at the crowd and there are kids fuddling with their shoelaces and playing with their mouthpieces or messing with, you know, not giving eye contact to the speaker is so incredibly rude. So you got to make sure your athlete is aware that we're not done until we're done. And so when people come and take time out of their busy day, and they're there to parlay their wisdom on you and to... Uh, give you tips to be better, listen to them, and your body language should be engaged in saying, I'm listening, okay? Really, really important. And there is so much wisdom that can come from those things. So make sure your body language says, uh, I'm listening, I'm nodding, I'm showing you that I'm listening because there's nothing worse than being a speaker and having an inattentive audience there. The next thing is seek out the best people at the camp to go against. You are never going to be better unless you go against the best. So I'm only going to speak about Jackson's experience and I'm not going to call anybody out specifically. But we were at a camp this last week and there were some very good kids at the camp. Jackson plays a very specific position. And nobody in that camp wanted to go against him. So he ended up having to move positions to put himself in a position where he could go against the best kids in the camp. And he lost one of those reps. And that was fine because he knew this is not a position I normally play, but that kid is somebody that I want to test my skills against because that kid's one of the best kids at the camp. So before you ever go to the camp, please sit down with your student athlete and tell them we're not interested in winning a bunch of reps against somebody who isn't going to challenge us. We want to win reps. We want to get better because we want to have iron sharpen iron. So before you go into that camp, find the best player that you're going to be going against and seek him out. Put yourself in a position to be taking reps against that kid. So, so important. Okay, so the second one is, so the first one was be focused. The second one is seek out the best player and go against the best player. That's who's going to make you better. Number three, always be looking for something to learn. Now, I know it seems like all the camps are a little bit the same and all the showcases are a little bit the same and practice can be the same and weights can be the same. But if you're going in there every day and your mindset is, I'm looking for something new I can learn, guess what? You'll find something new you can learn. So that should be your mindset. Let's be always looking for something to learn. Okay, the next one is, Develop the relationships that believe in you. And so, and the reason why I'm saying this is sometimes 
you will get an offer from a specific school and that school when they offer you is saying you believe they believe in you and kids will like decide that school oh I don't want that school to like me I want this school to like me and because they're not developing the relationship with the person who did like them they're going to end out up missing out altogether so I always say this Love the people who love you. Develop the relationships with the people who love you and believe in you. Because those are so, so important. So make that something you're doing daily as well. Develop the relationships that believe in you. Okay, this next one is a big one. Only tell yourself stories that you want to come true. So I'm going to say that again. Only tell yourself stories that you want to come true. So my example on this is Jackson again. When Jackson was done with his freshman year, we went to that all-poly combine in Las Vegas, and he wasn't prepared for it, right? And so he uh, did his 40-yard dash there, and it took him seven seconds to do a 40-yard dash at... Uh, the all-poly combine. And just so you know, that's like, oh, really, really not great time. And so this narrative began in his head. And the narrative was, I'm really athletic. I'm really talented. I'm just not fast. I just can't run. And he would tell himself all the time, I'm good at this. I'm good at this. And then people would tease him about his is running and he would say yeah I just can't run and that was a story that he believed about himself and he told himself for a long time and then we went and we listened to a guy who talked about the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves tend to become true right so are you being very careful about the stories that you tell yourself so we took that story that Jackson was telling himself and we changed it so instead of saying Jackson can't run we would say Jackson isn't great at running yet and what a powerful word yet is right because it means this isn't a permanent situation I may have this particular obstacle I'm dealing with right now, but if I add the little word yet at the end of that, that means I have power to change it. I have the power to get better. So anytime Jackson would tell himself a story that we heard as parents is kind of negative self-talk, we would add yet to the end of that. Uh, I'm never going to be able to do X, Y, and Z would turn into I'm not great at X, Y, and Z yet. And then we would put some focus on that. And the moment we did that, the moment we did that, Jackson then was able to transform the stories that he was telling himself. And then that didn't need to become a true story anymore. His, his times have gone up amazing. He's improved amazing uh, compared to what he was when he was a freshman. But had he continued to believe that story, I'm not fast, then how do you ever fix something if that's just the end of the story? It's been written. So be careful of the stories you tell yourself. Don't tell yourself a story that you don't want to come true because it absolutely will come true. So be careful with that. Um, The next thing I have for you is... 
do play with a chip on your shoulder. Do play with a chip on your shoulder as if I've got something to prove. What happens a lot of times is kids will hit a certain point and then they'll look at the kids they practice against or they'll look against uh, the teams that they play against and they will say, oh, well, I've won this game before, I, you know, whatever. And they'll start to believe their own uh, the, the stories about them being as good. This is, oh, he's the best, right? Well, no one's ever the best. There's always ways you can improve. So make sure that your kid is always playing with a chip on their shoulder. And that means I'm going to play as hard as I can, as intensely as I can. I'm going to give it everything I have so that I'm always proving that I can get better. Play with a chip on your shoulder. And then uh, the next one, and I only have two more. The next one is don't be the cancer. Every team seems to have a couple of kids on it that either A, don't like the position they're playing, feel like somebody's uh, ahead of them that shouldn't be ahead of them. Um, they... Uh, don't particularly care if they win or if they don't win. This is especially toxic in baseball. Um, don't be the cancer on the team. Be the team guy. Do what your role is at 100%, right? Um, the best thing I can say about Corner Canyon High School is we have a coaching staff in which there literally is no one on the entire team of 80 kids or 100 kids or however many kids who doesn't totally cherish their role and do it to the best of their ability. So if that's scout team, they're going to go out there and be scout team at 100%. If that's varsity, they're going to go out there and play their varsity role at 100%. And the difference between winning teams and losing teams and winning people and losing people is deciding that I'm going to take my role and do it at 100%. Don't be the guy who chomps behind and says bad things and spreads negative vibes. Don't be the cancer on the team. Be the team guy. Uh, we've had a couple of people come to us and say, what would you do if you went to Oregon and they moved Jackson and didn't let him be center anymore? And Jackson's response is always, I don't care where they put me. I'll do whatever they ask me to do. Because he loves the sport. He loves his job. He loves the team. And if the team needs him to go be the chief bottle washer that day, then that's his job and he'll go be the chief bottle washer that day. And everybody in their life has days where they're the chief bottle washer. So don't be the cancer. Be a team guy. And then last but not least, have a motto and live by it. Okay? You need to have a framework in your life that is your framework, that allows you to make decisions, that tells you what to do in times where it's not necessarily easy to know what to do. And so have a motto and live by it. So our family's motto is we just do the next right thing, one thing at a time, and we're going to let us let those right decisions take us all the way home. Okay, guys, we went 45 minutes again today. Um, I know that a lot of these same things today seem to be kind of unrelated. I'm not totally sure what I'm going to name this episode, but there's a lot of good information in it. 
Um, I may or may not have one more episode in me for this season. If I do, I'll definitely let you know. And then um, you can listen to all the podcasts on both uh, Anchor and Spotify and I think some other services, but they're letting me know. And a giant thank you to everyone. We're over 300 downloads today already and it's been less than a month and I just can't believe how supportive and awesome everyone's been. Anyway, until next time, that's me. Have a great day.